So we are a walking energy field. It is not recognized by Western medicine, but our physical body is not just the only part of who we are. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome back to the My 20-somethings podcast. For those of you who are new here, we are Jenna and Sophie, and we are two 20-something-year-old best friends who started this podcast to create a community of those of us just figuring this all out. Every other week, we bring you advice, guest mentors, and personal anecdotes, so you never have to say, I wish I knew that in my 20s. So, Jenna, I have a funny feeling that today's episode is going to be out of this world. Oh, what a suitable dad joke for this episode. There is no doubt that we are going to be absolutely blown away because today we are finally getting to dive deeper into a topic that we have not gotten on this podcast before. For the first time ever, we're getting mystical and supernatural. I personally have never really explored spirituality in the form of psychic energies, but I've always wanted to better understand these psychic topics. I've heard time and time again that you're 20s are a time for you to really evaluate internally and find better ways to connect with your sense of intuition and your spiritual energy. So we thought, why not bring you along on our growth journey as we sit down with the ultimate guest mentor who can walk us through all things spiritual development, mysticism, and help us better understand psychic energy. I am so excited to welcome Emily Lewis, better known as Emily the Mystic, to the show. Emily is a psychic medium, an Akashic Records reader, a quantum energy healer, and a psychic development coach all wrapped up into one. Emily's mission is to make complicated spiritual topics like the Akashic Records and mediumship as approachable, fun, down-to-earth, and easy to understand as possible, which is exactly what we need over here. She even provides one-to-one mentorship to help you unlock creative abilities you may have never even known you had. I'm ready to hop right in and start cleansing my chakra. How about you? Oh, let's do it. Okay, welcome Emily. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're ready, we would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and share just a little bit of an intro to your story. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to chat with both of you about all things mystical, magical, and spiritual. My name is Emily, as we all know, also known as Emily the Mystic and I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I run a full-time intuitive business where I help People wake up to the mission and purpose of what they are meant to be doing here on earth and to light that inner fire so that they can get going and excited about what they are here to do and who they're here to help. So yeah, it's really, it's really a cool place to be. And I love making really complicated spiritual topics, which I'm sure we'll get into during our conversation today, easy to understand and fun for somebody who's new to this world. Absolutely. And I know like that I've been following you for a while. So I've seen all of your educational content and I'm just absolutely fascinated by everything that you've been talking about. It's honestly just blowing my mind. I've learned so much in like a few months that I never even knew even the words. I'm like, I cannot wait to talk to her and ask her all the questions. So I basically personally know nothing about psychic energies aside from watching a few episodes of like um, Long Island Medium on TLC, which and I was a kid. I don't even know if that's relevant to you or what any of this is. So we have so many questions for you. And Jenna, if you're ready, like, let's jump in. Yeah. I, I guess the first thing I really want to know is to the uninformed observer or someone like us, what is it that you say that you do? How do you describe your job? 
Absolutely. That is an amazing question. So I tell people that I am an intuitive and that I help them, I help connect them to their soul's mission and purpose. And I help them find a really tangible, practical, tactical way to do that while actually making money and making a living for themselves so that they can enjoy the full pleasures that planet earth and that life has to offer us here and to wake up to what they're here to do and to really have fun and enjoy themselves while they are here. So I would love to talk a little bit too about how I got started doing this work because it has definitely been quite a journey. And yeah, um, so basically in my childhood, as a little person, I was a very sensitive, empathic, creative, free-spirited child. I love to play by myself and create imaginary scenarios with my little imaginary friends at the time, who looking back, I realized were not so imaginary and were actually my angels and spirit guides that I was working with from a very young age. And I, throughout my childhood, I felt very drawn to mystical things like fairies, like unicorns, mermaids. And when I was in middle school, I would spend so much time in the library and at Barnes and Noble soaking up as much information as I could about auras and numerology and psychic topics and so on and so forth. But I was always waiting for that knock on my door, that phone call. <laughs> that would that somebody was inviting me to be on that TV show all about psychic kids. I never really understood or recognized that I had those gifts within myself. And it took my my 20s and my young adult journey to get me to where I am today. So I'm really passionate about helping young people discover their own intuitive and psychic gifts because yes, to an extent we are born with them, but there is a process of uncovering them and re-remembering them and learning how to tune back into them. Um, and it's a really incredible process if this is new to you. And I'm really excited to talk more about that today as well. I just got chills. <laughs> I don't know about you, Jenna. Oh, I think the coolest thing that you said was helping people find their intuitive gifts and passions because Jenna and I talk a lot on the show. And honestly, this was the main driver for why we started this show just about a year ago was because we're 20, we're close to graduating university and we have no idea. Well, we have very little direction <laughs> into what we want to do. And like, I had a whole talk with someone yesterday being like, I have no idea what my passions are. Like, I know what my passions are, but I have no idea how to work with them. And I thought, I, I think it's so cool that you're using your gifts in order to like help people figure that out. I had no idea that that was possible. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, the fact that you were saying that, you know, some people are born with this stuff, but the, everyone has this ability to connect deeper with themselves and use that for creative purposes. Like, I think that's really empowering. Absolutely. And another note that I want to make on that too, some people are more aware of their intuitive gifts when they're younger than others, but we all have our own inner intuition. We all have this ability to tap into our psychic gifts and we can do so later on in life. It's the metaphor that I like to use is like working a muscle. It's a muscle that you build, just like you can build strength in the gym and build your biceps. You can also build and work on your psychic and intuitive gifts as well and use them in many cool ways in your life. 
would you say, and this is almost for me to kind of understand when you're talking about like your intuition, that to me is like your gut feeling. Is that like the start? Like I would say like, I'll talk to Jenna and be like, my gut is telling me that this isn't the right thing to talk about. Or my gut is telling me that we need to do this, or I need to do that. Is that like the first, like, is that what you mean by intuition? Is that like the first kind of like feeling that people get in order to like tap into that and practice that muscle? Absolutely. And that is one of the most common ones. And that is linked to the psychic gift of clairsentience, which means clear feeling. So that sensation, that gut sensation that you're feeling is your intuition coming in strongly and you're actually feeling it in your body. So that's one very, very common way that psychic gifts can come in. And it's Uh, because it's so common, most people just don't even (laughs) know to recognize what it is. Um, But some other really cool ways that you can receive intuitive information are through clear audience, which is receiving bits and pieces of words and phrases in your mind um, that's coming through as intuitive hits. You can also receive intuitive information through what I call downloads through the process of clear cognizance. So that's just knowing something to be true. And you may not, you may have a physical sensation that goes along with that, but you also may not. It may just be very mental process. Um, That's just like a very brief overview of the psychic gifts, but yes, absolutely. That is your intuition coming through strong and clear. So So This is a bit of a loaded question, and I guess interpret this how you will, but how can tapping into one's spirituality or psychic gifts and anything like that better someone's life, especially in your 20s? Yeah, that's an amazing question. So looking back at my early 20s, so I am 27, almost turning 28 next year. Um, So looking back at my early 20s, if I had known to connect that I had psychic gifts in the first place, first of all, and that I could use them to help me with my studies, that I could use them to help me find the perfect job for when I graduated, or that I could use them to better my relationships, improve my relationships with family members, with friends, and maybe even dare I say it, like whether or not to date somebody that had my best interests at heart or not, it would have really made such an impact on my path. And I, maybe I wouldn't have made as many silly mistakes and mistakes are always good because they're always learning lessons that we're learning. Right. But it definitely would, I would have felt more supported during my early twenties and it would have probably gotten me faster to where I am today. So The way you speak about it makes it seem like that these skills are really just life skills and they just better your ability to take on everyday challenges. Absolutely. But the thing is, is that our society is very much wired around logic and analytical thinking and common sense. And you have to have a source for all the information that you share. So for example, when you're writing a research paper in college, you have to have some, you know, library source or textbook source to describe what you're talking about in the research paper. Intuition is completely contrary to that because intuition is an inner knowingness that comes from within you. And we're not taught to recognize that inner knowingness. We're taught to look for information from sources outside of ourselves. And what I am doing with my work is I'm helping 
people connect to those inner senses, those inner knowingnesses, again, and learn to recognize that they are real <laughs> and that they are a credible source of information. Wow. Cool. And it's true. Like I, I think everyone can relate to having that gut feeling of that intuitive feeling where like it, you don't need a book or a Google search to confirm that that is the right thing to do. You just know. And that's again, the only word I can use. And I, we've kind of used a lot is intuition, yeah. but it's, it's true. Um, and Emily, before we go any further, you call yourself Emily, the mystic. And is there a difference between being a mystic and a psychic or like, what's the differentiating factor between those two terms? Amazing question. So I chose mystic because I wanted sort of an umbrella term that encompassed different modalities. And the word modality means different types of healing or different types of spiritual practices to help to use to help others, different tools. Um, so I wanted a word that I could use that I could incorporate lots of different healing practices into one business without being defined by a single thing. So, um, and I'll give you an example and then I'll talk about the word psychic and what that means as well. So when I first started my business, I was doing mediumship readings for clients and I was considering using the title Emily the Medium. There is already somebody who has that business name. Um, and at the time I was kind of disappointed because there was somebody already using that name, but I realized that I would be tying myself into one form of healing, one modality that I didn't know if I wanted to be practicing my entire life. Um, and mediumship for the listeners is the modality, the healing practice of connecting clients to their loved ones on the other side. So connecting them to loved ones who have passed away. And then the word psychic to me is somebody who is able to read the energy of other people and to read the energy of the spirit world and to connect to spirit guides, angels, and other beings in the spirit world using their psychic senses, using their inner senses. So I'm not using that word twice, but. I honestly, I never would have known that they were different terms. I would have used them synonymously. So I think it's very interesting that they each have their own like subgenre of what mm -hmm. that encompasses. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. So all people who practice mediumship are able to receive intuitive guidance from spirit guides, from angels, and so on and so forth. But not all psychics are able to connect to loved ones on the other side and to mm. connect to that type of energy. Because um, the way that I like to describe this is it's sort of like if you were to take a look at a radio dial with how a psychic or a medium does their work is they turn that radio dial, the radio dial representing their intuitive gifts, to different channels. So loved ones on the other side and mediumship being one channel, one energy frequency, psychic gifts, spirit guides, and other beings being another channel, another frequency. And then I'm also an Akashic Records reader, so that in and of itself is another channel, another frequency. So it's learning how to tune into those different energies and be able to communicate the information that's coming through and translate it for the client. Interesting. I just, I, you explain all of this so eloquently and for our listeners, like Jenna and I know absolutely nada. We don't know anything about this. So like as 
this is so valuable to us, Emily. And I'm just like in awe of all of the things that I think there's so many misconceptions around what psychic energy is and like being a medium. I think that there's a lot of, um, like you said, like our society really is saying like everything needs data. Everything needs a bibliography, hard facts, something behind it. But there are like, I, again, I, I haven't studied it, but I do believe that there is something else it can't just be facts and science things that science can't explain there are things that science can't explain and i i'm just blown away by this and this is really helping me to understand and hopefully our listeners too and like really be receptive to this sort of spirituality um i'm very curious would you consider what you do to be a form of therapy for other people so can people you know partake in your services and have it be a way to deal with old trauma or, you know, be get past broken relationships, things like that. Absolutely. A big part of what I do is working with human behavior to help people to see their own patterns and come to a greater awareness of the choices and decisions that they're making in their life and where those decisions and choices come from. Because they come from somewhere and the root of it can be from childhood. The root of it can be from past lives, which we can absolutely talk about and get into. And I was trained how to read others, how to read their behavior, how to read the way that they make decisions from my training in the Akashic Records and my certification as being an Akashic Records consultant. So to answer your question, yes, absolutely. It is very much a form of therapy where... (laughs) dare I say it, Um, I am helping my clients to come to greater awareness about their life and their life path so that they can start making better choices that are more in alignment with where they want to go and feeling empowered to make those choices and decisions. I think that's great. I know Sophie and I have talked a lot about therapy in general and the idea that your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And I think your spiritual health is the same way. And you have to serve all parts of your body and all parts of you and your being. And so, yeah, going through this process seems very valuable. Yeah. And you also, you keep talking about um, energy healing and using these gifts as healing methods. So I think that goes with therapy, but what exactly is energy healing? Does it have anything to do with strengthening your chakras? Like how are those kind of terms and how is this all I feel, I think I see spirituality as a really large web and it's kind of trying Mm -hmm. to put everything together. So how does that work? Yes, absolutely. So I want to first start with an overview of energy and energetics, because a lot of the work that I do has to do with energy. And that is a very easy way to start. So if you were to take a look at a pen, I have a pen here on my desk right now. This pen is made up of atoms and molecules that vibrate at a specific frequency. They vibrate at a specific speed. And that is what makes up the, this pen. It's what makes up this, the vibration of this pen. So just like this pen has a vibration, human beings also have an energetic vibration. So we are a walking energy field. It is not recognized by Western medicine, but our physical body is not just the only part of who we are. We have, of course, a soul, but we also have a full energy field, including the chakra system, 
that encompasses this incredible living, breathing human being that we are. So I'm a really big advocate for taking care of the whole person, not just the physical body, but also in the spiritual body, but of course the mental and emotional bodies and the energy body as well. And so the energy body is made up of, in my viewpoint, it's made up of a very large number of chakras, but I recognize the 12 chakra system in the energy healing that I do. So we have 12 chakra energy centers. Each of them represent a different aspect of, it's kind of like the best way I can describe it, a combination of the physical, emotional, and mental person. So just for an example, we have the solar plexus chakra, which is located in the center of the body, right above your belly button. The solar plexus represents your identity. It represents your confidence. It represents who you are and how you see yourself. But it can also represent digestion and the stomach and all the organs that correspond with that area of the body. So when our solar plexus chakra is out of alignment, we can feel very insecure in life. We can feel like we have a big lack of confidence. We can feel like we can't stand up for ourselves. We can feel like we're lost and confused about who we are and what to do next. It can also cause issues with digestion and physical ailments that have to do with the stomach. So a lot of different things that go along with the solar plexus chakra. But to answer your question about what is energy healing, energy healing is a form of, I hate to say healing again, but it's a form of healing where I take a look at the chakra energy centers and I use energy that I channel from divine source. So divine source is the word that I choose to use for God, spirit, the creator of all that is um, for the listeners. And so I channel this energy from divine source through the chakra energy centers for the client to help them come back into balance and alignment and to help the client realize what some of those dynamics are that are going on in their life that are causing that imbalance. And it helps them to feel more energized and more connected to who they are. This is mind blowing to me because I, I don't know, I guess I never considered this idea that, you know, your chakras and your energy being out of whack could affect you physically like that. And that makes so much sense. And you're right, like in the sense that Western medicine doesn't acknowledge this, but there are so many other civilizations that feel the same way. And I, I know yeah. from my very brief research and looking into indigenous medicine and the medicine wheel mm -hmm. and everything like that, they feel the same way about this idea that your energy and your spirit can be out of whack and can need a sick day and need rehabilitation in the same way that your physical body can. So that's so cool. Absolutely. The next time that you have a sore throat or a cough or an issue with your throat, of course, being in the time that it is, go to a doctor and get it checked out. But <laughs> right. it is very likely that it could be due to a throat chakra imbalance where you're having trouble speaking your truth about something, standing up for yourself about something, biting your tongue, or that you're just not being in alignment with your own truth and communication and expressing that truth. Okay, that's crazy. <laughs> um, I think also Sophie and my ears both perked up earlier when we heard you talk about vibrations. And I think I know why. I think it was because we both initially thought of our really only understanding so far as to anything to do with this type of wellness. And we've heard through social media and YouTube and everything like that all about the law of attraction and manifestation. 
Mm-hmm. And again, don't know a ton about it. Know that it's very trendy and that a lot of YouTuber girls have taken it over. Is it real? Does it work? Can you tell us anything on that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> In my opinion, the law of attraction is absolutely real because it is a form of a universal law that our universe operates under. Manifestation is 100% real. And yes, our thoughts create our reality. So you are an active creator in your universe, in your world every single day. So your perception, your awareness, the way that you view your bedroom and your relationships and the course of your life and your career and so on and so forth is creating what is to come. It's creating your future. So by following some of the principles of the law of attraction in order to shift your thought patterns and in order to call in what you want into your life um, and set those intentions for manifesting specific things, you absolutely can create anything in your life that you want to create. Jenna and I have talked about this for about a year and a half and talking about how to use manifestation in a really constructive way, because I think like what we've landed on our, our, our agreement is you can't just wish that tomorrow a Porsche is going to land in my driveway. I'm manifesting that tomorrow magically there's going to be a Porsche waiting for me in my driveway. And it's magically under my ownership. That's not how manifestation works, that it's like a process and it's setting those intentions and it reflects the choices that you're going to make. But there's also that other aspect of when you're asking for it, you can create you're going to attract what you're putting out. So I've, I love manifestation. I'll constantly say to Jenna, I'll manifest it, but I also know that I also have to work for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so there's that aspect of manifestation that you do still have some ownership in that piece. Is that correct? Like, is that? Absolutely. It's all about taking guided action towards what you want to manifest. So my process, and I use manifestation in my own life, and I actually want to give a little tip to the listeners for how to do something fun with manifestation as well. But the way that I manifest is when I come to the awareness that I want to create something or I want to call something in, my favorite process is to write it down. Because that brings the energy of what's in my mind and what's in my energy field into the physical, into the physical world. And that to me is the very first step for actually manifesting something that is very much part of what we want to create, but actually calling it into the physical world. So that to me is step one. Step two, after I have really created and set that intention, I ask for spiritual help and support. So this perspective is coming from somebody who works in this space. So I call in my angels and guides. I call in the big guns. I ask them for their assistance to bring in the people, the resources, and the steps that I need to take in order to make that manifestation a reality. And then I just allow myself to follow where I feel led. So that may be finding the perfect resource through Instagram or through social media for who I need to talk to in order to make that dream a reality. So it's all about following where I feel led, following those breadcrumbs and taking guided steps in order to bring that manifestation into reality. I'm, I'm curious. I know that like a writer can experience writer's block. Can you, as someone who considers themselves a mystic or even just anyone else who's trying to tap into their intuition, 
experience energy block where they really just don't feel connected with the world around them? And what can they do to get themselves back on track? That is an amazing question. So just like any human being, I, as a spiritual teacher, also have good and bad days. So there are some days where I wake up and I'm not feeling so hot. Maybe I didn't sleep as well the night before. And so it's important for me to learn how to shift my energy to get me sort of back to my natural set point. Because another part of manifestation that I just want to touch on really quickly is being in the energy of what it is that you want to create, what it is that you want to call in, whatever it is that you want to that you desire. So being in the energy frequency of what that manifestation is, maybe it is that car, maybe it is that Porsche, you need to be in the energy of what would a Porsche owner want to do or on a daily basis in order to have that Porsche land in their driveway. So being in that energy and what are some of the shifts and changes that you need to make in your life in order to be in that frequency of what it means to be a Porsche owner. So of course, we can't be in that high vibrational energy day in and day out. We are absolutely human. And one thing I really encourage my clients in my community is when you do have a bad day to allow yourself to feel what that feels like for some time. Allow yourself to process how you're feeling. Allow yourself to cry if you need to or to use a journal to get out whatever that emotion is out of your system or go for a run or go to the gym in order to help you to process whatever that feeling is. But then once you've allowed yourself to feel it, then do something to shift that energy, do something to get back into your natural set point. And that is a really incredible way to align yourself to those manifestations. I've been getting like chills every time you say something this whole I'm like feeling waves of chills which is really weird but um I just love that the way that you talk about mediumship and spirituality and energies is you make it very tangible for like the everyday individual person to tap into it I think a lot of how I before this episode honestly perceived it was there's people who can access that and they are the only people and that's that there's no way that I can ever interact with this kind of spirituality other than going to a medium and talking to them like that was how it was (laughs) but the way that you're talking about it and I think this is why this episode has already one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done is that you're making it so real and applicable so that we our listeners and even Jenna and I can go away and start using some of these not so difficult not crazy committed um what am I trying to say not resources but um yeah well that goes back to what she said about it being a life skill yeah it's so cool you're incredible I love everything yes spiritual life skills that's what I'm all about is bringing the spiritual into the physical and making it easy to access and easy to understand. Uh, Because just to give a little bit of a background about me, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I was raised in a Roman Catholic household and I was taught in that religion and in my experience with that faith that you had to go to a priest or a nun or somebody outside of you in order to talk to God, in order to connect to your soul, in order to receive information and so on and so forth. And that I had to look for the answers in the Bible or by going to church on Sundays. I want to completely shift that paradigm and teach people that they can 
connect to God, to the universe, to source, to their angels and guides themselves without needing the intermediary. They have the power to be able to access that level of information themselves. And it's just a process of peeling back the layers of who you are. And it's a process of peeling back your sensitivity as well, so that you can become more sensitive to being able to receive this type of information. And also peeling back all of the programming and conditioning from society that teaches us some of the things that I've already mentioned. So there's a lot, um, there's a lot that can go into it, but there are so many easy ways that you can get started with this when you feel ready. And because that's how I got started and, and now I do this for a living. So it's absolutely possible. Emily, this has been so insightful. If you're okay with it, are we able to somewhat pivot and talk a little bit about your experience with psychic abilities? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's, I mean, that's something I'm very curious about. Um, I guess I want to know in the beginning, you mentioned knowing a little bit that you had it as a kid. What was your like aha moment where you really realized that it was something just beyond having imaginary friends? A little bit about that story? Yeah, absolutely. So going back to my journey through college. When I was in college, I was connected to my spirituality through yoga specifically and through working with the physical body. I really love strength training. And I actually found that to be a very spiritual way to feel more connected to myself um, and connected to the universe per se. But I didn't really recognize again, those psychic and intuitive gifts within myself. So I started going to a lot of other psychics. I started going to receive a lot of readings myself. And the first reading that I ever had, I was waiting for her. I wanted her permission. I was waiting for her permission to tell me, you have these gifts within you. Again, going back to that theme from childhood of wanting to receive the Hogwarts letter, wanting to receive the invitation to be on that TV show. And she didn't say anything about me having psychic gifts. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to shift this. And I really found the courage within myself to buy a course on intuition. And that's when things started opening up. And I started working with own mentors, my own mentors, because I finally decided to see those gifts within myself. That's what I've been waiting for for so long was to give myself that permission slip to actually tap into my intuition and start learning how to use it. Wow. So that's I, I all I can say. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it's such a crazy story that it's like something you just you had to, again, trust your intuition in order to figure out you had an intuition. I think that's yeah. really cool. I think that it's also an awesome life lesson that like sometimes you just have to tap into it yourself that no one's going to no one's going to give you that give you golden <laughs> ticket that you have to look for it. And you obviously intuitively the word of our day the word of the day today you intuitively knew that something was talking to you and you went out and sought after it yourself so I'm just I'm amazed I, I have no other words I'm just so amazed this episode but so when you eventually went through that course and you started to unlock those gifts when you started to have psychic gifts and were mm -hmm. able to like start doing readings like do you remember Ooh. your first reading and like what that experience was like Great this question. is more about like you yeah. we're really curious about we're you. so curious <laughs> no this is amazing yeah so um the first so I the first mentor that I worked with to learn how to use mediumship and psychic gifts taught me the foundation of what I do now. Um, and through working with her, I started doing readings for other 
people within that program. So I guess you could say my first reading was for somebody um, within that mentorship program. But once I graduated, quote unquote, graduated from that program, I was sort of left to my own devices about where do I wanna take this next? So there's a gap in the story here, which is that I actually, before I started doing psychic readings, I was a health and wellness coach um, while working in a corporate job. And as a health and wellness coach, I was, giving my clients strength training, workouts, and nutrition tips, and all of those good things. Because again, in college, I was really obsessed with, with working with the physical body. But while I was working with my clients for strength training, I found that I wanted to give them psychic and mediumship readings because I was also learning that skill at the same time. So I started doing those readings for my strength training clients, and they went so well, and I enjoyed them so much that I felt ready to put myself out there on social media and start asking for practice clients. And I started just doing free readings for random people on the internet, which took a lot of guts to do that. But that is one of the biggest things that I push my clients in my psychic development program now to do is to put themselves out there and practice, Mm -hmm. practice, practice, practice. So Do you remember like the craziest thing you've ever experienced in a reading? Because I'm sure it can get very intense and very dramatic. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, I have so many stories. (laughs) I have a couple of mediumship reading examples that are the first ones that are coming to mind. When um, there was a mediumship reading that I did for a client whose grandmother came through for me right away before I got on the call with this client. And the grandmother immediately showed me specific, a very specific image of a white dove. A white dove being something relatively uncommon that you wouldn't see in nature, right? So I get on the call with the client and I am bringing through the energy of the grandmother. I'm kind of describing her personality, her energy and so on and so forth. And I tell the client that she was showing me this white dove and I wasn't sure what it meant. Immediately the client's mouth dropped open and he was like, uh, there was a white dove in my backyard right before this call. And he lives in on Long Island outside of New York. So who, how many white doves are there that can be found on Long Island? I'm not really sure, but the fact that this grandmother very specifically brought him that sign before the call, showed it to me, and that was brought into the physical world, something like that still blows my mind. So the way you say it is almost like, again, how we've experienced it only with Long Island Medium, where it almost like these thoughts just like interrupt your daily activities and you just can't control it. You just experience these sensations. Is that true? Yes and no. So I have very strong and strict boundaries with my psychic gifts. So I turn them on for my calls with my clients and I turn them off when I'm enjoying my normal Emily life and enjoying Mm -hmm. life on the weekends. So I do not have my psychic gifts on when I'm out and about on the weekends and at restaurants, because when you're surrounded by people that can be so overwhelming and so intense. So I turn on my gifts before I do the reading and I very am very intentional about connecting to that client's energy and their energy only. 
And I also am very strict about not allowing spirits to visit me at night because <laughs> they will try to come through before I go to bed at night because it's a time when I'm the most relaxed. So I have to be very strict with the spirit world because otherwise it would be overwhelming to receive that level of information. Interesting. Absolutely. Which is really, again, I mean, I don't know like what your opinion or like thoughts on that show would be, but it seems like, like kind of the way that she describes things, like she, she'll, I, I haven't watched in ages, but she would <laughs> often like be grocery shopping and turn to her daughter being like, I need to talk to that person. Yeah. Like I need to. And it felt like it felt like she felt like it was her duty to convey those messages. Yeah. But what it sounds like is you like you relate to the same ideas, but you're able to set off that boundary and use it for like a one-to-one. And I'm also just astonished that you can do it over zoom. Like I'm astonished <laughs> that that is a thing. I guess it's energies though. It doesn't really matter yeah. if you're in person if I'm right or over the computer yeah. it's just the energy vibration energy bends space and time so yes 100 it is possible to do virtually and I actually prefer doing virtual readings because it's more comfortable and not as intensive because if you think about having a person with you in the physical you're seeing their body you're seeing their their physical movements their body language and that's a whole other area a whole other fact a whole other what's the word piece of whole other thing of stimuli to have to deal with taking a look at, um, and processing. So it's just easier for me to see your image on zoom and to connect to that. And it's less for the brain to process basically. But the other thing that I wanted to touch on too, um, Teresa Caputo, Long Island medium, Tyler, the medium, so many famous Mm -hmm. psychics and mediums, are well known because that is their niche that is their niche is really around giving people these kind of like in-person reading experiences and running into them in the grocery store and so on and so forth everybody in the spiritual space we all have our own niche we all have our own way of doing things we all have our own specialty Mm-hmm. So, um, I am very <laughs> glad. I will just say that that is not my specialty. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple of clients in my psychic and mediumship development program who do process energy that way. They'll receive information in person like that. Um, and I'm just grateful that my gifts are not as attuned that way. So, but <laughs> you can fair. set the boundaries and 100% really draw clear lines with the spirit world. That's I think that that explains things really well too, that like mm-hmm. even your radio analogy that we touched upon earlier, that you're able to tune into different, um, channels of energy and, um, mysticism, would that be the right word? Mysticism? Yeah. Um, and then able to set those boundaries. What was the term you used again, that you were allowed to invite spirits and then, Oh, we live in a universe with the universal law of free will. Ah. Yeah. So we all have free will to make our own decisions and spirit guides have to be given permission in order to communicate with us. Hmm. They won't go above. It's also called the law of non-intervention. So they will not intervene um, unless of course you are in physical danger. That is kind of one of the loopholes with those laws. So that's how guardian angels work and how they are able to help you if you are in a serious accident of some kind. So fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I am ready to move on to a bit of a game segment, Sophie, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay, great. So 
Emily, we'll let you, you know, guide us on how you want to do this, but we always like to include a bit of a game segment. We think it adds an aspect of fun and creativity into each of our episodes. And so today we wanted to talk about something that we've labeled holy horoscopes. <laughs> Love it. And talk a little bit about astrology. I don't know if that's something that you ever really discuss or go into, but it's something that, again, we kind of don't know a lot about. We know the name. I think we know the name of our our sign, our mm -hmm. zodiac sign, and not much more than that. So first of all, is that something you, you do, you focus on? Absolutely. So I love astrology. I know a bit about astrology. I would say I, on the scale of astrologers, I'm at the beginner to intermediate phase mm -hmm. where I know a lot about my chart, um, but I don't specifically read birth charts for clients or work with the modality of astrology in my business but Got I love it. So happy to talk okay. about it. Okay. Well, I mean, we, if it's okay with you, we know our signs. We yeah. just want to share with you and just see, do you know if they complement one another, what that says about us? Cause again, sure. you don't know us, you've never met us. So it would yeah. be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Sophie, go for yeah. it. So I was <laughs> born on May 2nd. So I'm a Taurus. I also, I have a I know people who are super into birth charts. I've never gone that deep into it. So I know I'm a Taurus. I don't know anything else other than that, but I also know that's a super involved process based on like the exact time that you're born and where you're born. Mm -hmm. So it's a know that whole, stuff. it's a really long process and there's so much to it, but I'm a Taurus. And then I born on July 15th. I'm a cancer. Um, and I, yeah, I think I was born in the morning. That's all I know, but yeah. Amazing. So I absolutely lo love it. Perfect example. Um, so Taurus, Taurus is a very stable sign. It's the sign of really being connected to the physical world and enjoying the pleasures of the physical world. So enjoying shopping, enjoying, you know, good meals, enjoying the pleasures of the senses. It's a very grounded sign. It's an earth sign. So the Taurus is all about really being down to earth and also being just a really supportive, stable type of person for the people in your life. I am a Taurus rising. So the rising sign is the, uh, the mask that you basically wear to other people. So that is sort of the energy that you project outwards towards others. Um, so I absolutely connect with a lot of those different energies as well that I just shared that I see within you, Sophie. And then Jenna, the, the uh, cancer sign is a water sign. It is a very sensitive, emotional, psychic sign. Um, and cancers are all about nurture, being nurtured and nurturing others, nourishment, nourishing others, as well as being domestic and enjoying your time at home. So your home environment, super, super important to you. Um, and you love kind of just like nesting and creating a cozy space for you at home. Uh, my, my boyfriend, my partner of six years is a cancer as well. So I have a lot of cancer people in my life. So I absolutely love, um, the energy of cancers. And I love that combination between the two of you, because we have one uh, who is more on the stable, the, uh, not so stable. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> it's not entirely more wrong. on the organized structured end of the spectrum and one who is more on the emotional sensitive nurturing end of the spectrum so 
beautiful combination of, of both energies. You need both to run a business. So you that really is the most, that. yeah, that is so spot on. <laughs> I can't explain it. Sophie, I would absolutely describe her to someone else as being fully stable, knows what she wants from life, a good support system for others, Go everything like that. Yeah. 100%. And then I would definitely say that I'm incredibly emotional, that I like being nurtured and nurturing. It's true. Um, that I love to stay home, all that. Like, it's so accurate. <laughs> well, and it's, it's funny, too, because what you're saying, like, I'm more in the biz, in the podcast, Jenna truly is the creative director. Like, she owns that mm -hmm. piece and I own the like very business technical She's analytical we're like yep. complete so that's so interesting that that's actually related to yeah. our signs even like what we study in school Jenna studies creative industries is her program and I'm in marketing so like that yeah. is wild yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> mind blown <laughs> very mind blown okay makes sense and what blows my mind too is that the human soul chooses the birth chart before you incarnate into this ah. lifetime so you your soul had the in my belief system had the awareness of what types of energies you wanted to bring into this lifetime so you wanted to embody the energy of being a taurus and being that supportive stable person in life and jenna you wanted that nurturing water emotional energy to support you with what you're doing in life. So it's really, it's really cool to me how that process works too. Us too. Very interesting. I'm amazed. I'm still amazed. I've been <laughs> amazed all episode. I'm just like sitting in here like, wow. In a wow. Um, Emily, we just want to give you the biggest thank you for sharing your gifts with us, with our listeners, and just being so receptive to our plethora of questions and letting us tap into all of your knowledge I I'm amazed I'm gonna say it again I'm just so yeah. amazed and absolutely so, so and this has been such a joy for me too because you both of you ask incredible questions you're incredible interviewers and it really gets me thinking about how to explain some of these really complicated topics to people who have no awareness of it at all um right. and make it easy to digest and easy to understand so Thank you. I've learned so much today myself. Before we let you go, we would love to ask you our signature question that we ask all guest mentors, which is, what do you wish you knew before entering your 20s? Love this question. Ooh, so I wish, okay, and this is a lesson that I have learned in life in general. Number one, I wish I knew how to relax. I wish I knew how to sit back, relax, and enjoy life. Every single stage for me in life, I am always pushing towards the next thing, worried about the future, it, wanting myself to be a go-getter and getting on to the next thing and the next. And looking back with time, I realized I was exactly where I needed to be at each of those moments that led up to whatever goal I wanted to create. And I wish I had let myself let my hair down a little bit and just relax and enjoy the process. So that's number one. Number two, when I was in college specifically and in my early 20s, I wish that I had known that I could create my own career for myself and make money from it and actually make a sustainable income from doing that. I felt very pressured to take on the nine to five job lifestyle graduating from college. And that is an amazing path for a lot of people. But for me, it was not the right place 
to be. Um, and I wish that I had known that I had other options available to me, because if I had known that I would have done more research, I would have explored other ideas, other opportunities, and maybe gotten here a little bit faster. Even though I just told everybody that I wanted, wish I could tell myself to relax. So. Right. <laughs> no, so relatable. It's really all about, yeah, relax, trust the process and, and believe that, you know, you will craft your own life for yourself the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Which is a hard thing to do. But again, yeah, it's worthwhile to devote energy towards letting yourself be in the moment and, and understand that it's happening for a reason. Absolutely. And before we go, I would love to share my manifestation tip that I want all of the listeners to try in the next couple of weeks. Please. So if you haven't done this already, the best way to start manifesting and learning how to manifest is to manifest something small for yourself. So what I want everybody to do is to pick something that they want to receive in their life. So that could be a free cup of coffee. That could be a crystal, that could be a free glass of wine, for example, or it could be a book or something completely unique to you and what, what, you, what you want. So pick that object, pick that item. I want you to write it down and I want you to set the intention that you are going to call in that object into your physical world in the next seven days. And really just sit with that intention for a moment after you have written down what the thing is that you want to call in. And then ask for help and assistance from your angels and guides to bring that item into the physical world. And then just follow where you feel led for the next seven days. And every single day, I want you to really be thinking about and being in the energy of that object that you want. So when you wake up in the morning, I want my free cup of coffee before you go to bed at night. I want my free cup of coffee and really just being in that asking and being in the receiving of knowing that it is going to come to you and trusting that process and see what happens. That's so great. I 100% I'm going to take you up on that and I'm trying that and I challenge everyone out there to do it as well with us because I think that's a very tangible way to start. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's then, fun to see what comes through. <laughs> and Emily, just to make sure that we're all understanding the assignment by asking, <laughs> Jenna gets it, um, by asking your angels and your spiritual guides, is it just asking with intention, like kind of just yeah. holding and knowing that they're hearing you? Does it have to be verbal? Can it be internal? Just, I know that for me, sometimes it's hard to like get over that hump of how, how do I do that? Yeah, either way will work. And honestly, trust yourself in the moment of, do I want to speak this out loud or do I want to hold the intention within my mind and within my body? Amazing. Amazing. Emily, thank you so much again. You are so welcome. We'll be sure to share all of Emily's Instagram handles, websites, um, any other tools. Emily, if you send them to us, we will include those as well in the description of this episode. So be sure to check out her amazing content and show her some love. Um, all the links are right there for you. We hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you did, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating on all major streaming platforms. We really do read every review we receive, so it means a lot to us. Us. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and find more exclusive content on our website at www.my20somethingspodcast.com. 
We love you all so much. And we're so grateful for this community that we have online. Wishing you another beautiful week, sending you good vibes, positive energy, and endless love. Bye guys. Thank you.